and welcome to Midday Moms. This is Dorothy Polarski, and I'm so happy that you're joining us this afternoon. Um, as you're signing on, maybe if in the chat box you can say hello. Um, we're always very, very just you know, happy to know who's here <laughs> because it's always a bit strange uh, talking at a screen and looking at yourself. So it's good to know when uh, moms are here. Oh, hi, Rema. Rema's the mother's group leader at uh, St. Benedict Parish. Stella Bruni. Hello, Stella. Tell us where you're from. We love, uh, you know, um, Liz Garcia from St. Dominic's. Great to see you, Liz. Um, Rosina Di Felice. Hi, everyone. Hi, Rosina. Uh, Judith Mazzona. You're from St. David's. Hi, Judith, I think. Or no, St. Joseph. Sorry. Uh, Stella Bruni. Uh, you're from Toronto. Great. Thank you for joining us. Um, oh, Claude from St. David's. Uh, Eddie. Um, Hi from Illinois. Whoa, isn't that exciting? I was promoting all of the, I was promoting today's session in different groups. So I'm glad that you're here. Uh, very happy to that you're joining us. Um, Roseanne from Our Lady of Peace. We've got a strong mothers group there. Michelle, yay, Michelle, how are you? Um, Michelle, <laughs> great to see you, Lucy. Um, just wonderful, wonderful. Wanted to extend a big warm welcome to all of you. I also wanted to extend a warm welcome to Dr. Lombardi, my goodness. <laughs> uh, so Dr. Lombardi, just as uh, moms are signing on, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, thank you, Dorothy. Well, first, let me start by saying congratulations on your great interviews on EWTN. Oh my um, you're Thanks. just so amazing and you've inspired so many people. And I know that that you are going to just reach so many more people and inspire so many other women. Uh, so thank you for that. Thank you for your yes and those great interviews and sharing those with us. So thank you for that. Uh, so I'm happy to be on uh, Dorothy's advisory committee for her two beautiful ministries, Dynamic Women of Faith and Catholic Moms Group. And I'm happy that I've been able to participate in so many great events that Dorothy has organized and planned. So thank you for that. I am a full-time associate professor at St. Augustine Seminary in Scarborough, Ontario, Canada. But in the past, I've worked in a variety of ministries. Uh, so I'm a married mother of four. And I'm, again, so happy to be here today with you uh, to ch chat a little bit about Our Lady. And, uh, and how much we all love her and need her in our lives. And about Thank this you. exciting movie, I'm going to yes. tell everybody, <laughs> after you get off this webinar, I want you to go into your uh, email distribution box or okay. go on your phone. And I want you to start okay. texting people to join and watch the movie tonight at seven. Okay, so okay. each of you that is signed on today, I want you to make a commitment that you're going to reach out to 10 people and say, hey, hey, you got to watch a new movie that's out tonight. Um, we need your help in getting the word out because I always say, you know, women love to talk. So why not talk about something really incredible that's happening tonight at 7 p.m.? Um, so I just want to take a few minutes. I know a lot of you know about the ministry, but just for the sake of the moms that maybe are new and you don't know about the ministry. So we are. Um, partners with the Archdiocese of Toronto, and we are on a mission to revive the vocation of motherhood 
And we do so primarily by helping parishes start Catholic moms groups. And so we have developed a mother's group starter kit, and we have also developed a digital uh, membership website and a, a series of eight training videos to train the members on your team on how to start a Catholic moms group. Um, I would like to share with you our short uh, promotional uh, video about our ministry. We're very excited about it. And uh, for those of you that have seen it several times, you can offer it as a sacrifice on the Feast of Our Lady of Fatima. <laughs> You'll have a sacrifice. It's like, okay, I've seen this now. So I'm going to share um, that video with you. Um, so just as we're here. So first of all, we do encourage you to join um, or to visit our website, catholicmomsgroup.com. It does link to this website, which is the new membership website. So we help parishes start three types of groups, uh, moms groups where no children attend, moms and tots groups, and also virtual groups. And um, here is the video, I'll show that in just one second. But if you look at it here, uh, the website here, it tells you that we're faith partners, we've created a membership site, and what do members get? They get training, community, expert interviews, time-saving resources, dozens of tools, authentically Catholic materials, and we have just dozens and dozens of um, testimonials from, you know, um, from priests, from Kimberly Hahn, from Dr. Lombardi. So we encourage you, uh, you know, to start a mother's group and, uh, and to allow us the honor of helping you start a mother's group. So just very quickly before we start with Dr. Lomb our interview with Dr. Lombardi, I'd like to share our three minute um, video. Mothers, by our very nature, we are nurturing, loving caregivers. We are social beings made for friendship and community. We are also spiritual by nature, made by a loving God to know him and love him, and to pass this love of our Catholic faith on to our children. But right now, many mothers feel overextended, distracted, and exhausted. Though as Catholics, we have the community of our church, many mothers attending mass could not name the moms sitting next to them in the pew they share. Community and support among Catholic mothers is desperately needed in this hectic and chaotic culture. Your parish needs you to bring these moms together. Hi, my name is Dorothy Polarski. I'm the founder of Catholic Moms Group. We at Catholic Moms Group are on a mission to revive the vocation of motherhood. We exist to bring together like-minded, faith-filled mothers who crave community and are focused on spiritual growth, Catholic teaching, and fellowship. Can you imagine a thriving, engaged mothers group at your parish? a group of moms in love with their Catholic faith, ready to serve other mothers no matter what stage of motherhood they're at. 
you imagine what a difference that would make at your parish? Starting a mother's group, it's not rocket science, but working with a team who's done it before and who's done it dozens and dozens of times sure does help. The Catholic Moms Group membership site is an online community that offers training, resources, and dozens of tools for parishes to help them start a mother's group quickly and efficiently. We're here to provide you with a clear path to launching a Catholic Moms Group at your parish. All of our materials are 100% Catholic. We have clearly laid out meetup plans for both moms groups and toddler groups. We are obedient to the magisterium of the Catholic Church. We have created dozens of tools that are going to save you time and energy. And besides that, we love our Blessed Mother. We constantly turn to her for her intercession. You can make a huge impact in your parish, so join us. We are revolutionizing the way parishes start mothers' groups by providing parishes with a Catholic mothers' group starter kit and by nourishing and training a community of Catholic mothers' group leaders across the world. It's time to start a mothers' group at your parish. Join us today. It seems like I just get never, I never get tired of watching that video. Um, anyway, we're uh, very, very excited um, to have uh, Dr. Lombardi join us, especially today. Today is the um, the feast. Is it the it's the feast or solemnity or is that the same thing? Uh, memorial. Oh. Usually they the memorial of Our Lady of Fatima. Memorial. <laughs> I know it gets confusing. There's so many categories. Yeah. Thank goodness we have a theologian here. <laughs> um, so it's the memorial of Our Lady of Fatima. It's the 40th anniversary also of um, Saint John Paul II being. Uh, assassinated, and he accredits his, you know, his life being saved to um, to Our Lady of Fatima. And today I'm doing a shout out. Also, today is the day we need to be starting our novena to the Holy Spirit. So, um, and today is the day that Dr. Lombardi's um, movie is being launched. It's just like there's so much happening today. It's such a <laughs> grace-filled day. So, um, Dr. Lombardi. Can you, can you tell us a little bit about the movie, um, The First Lady and Her Successors? Can you tell us about it? Can you, yeah, like many of us don't know anything about it at all. So tell us all about it. <laughs> well, thank you so much I, for giving me the opportunity to, to talk a little bit about the film. Um, the film is, it has been in my heart and in my mind for a number of years now. Uh, I've had a devotion to our Blessed Mother for a very long time. I've seen the fruit of praying the Holy Rosary, um, the benefits of having an intimate relationship with Our Lady. My mother had a very strong devotion to our Blessed Mother. Uh, so this has had a great influence on me and how I relate to other women and uh, who I hope to be as a person, as a mother, a wife, a theologian. 
So Mary has been the greatest influencer in my life. So I'm so uh, grateful uh, to her presence and her intercessory power. Um, having said that, I've given talks on Mary. I, I love to write about her and read more and more about her. So about a year and a half ago, I requested a sabbatical leave. So the Board of Governors at St. Augustine Seminary approved a sabbatical leave for me for one semester, so this past semester. Um, and when you apply for a sabbatical leave, you need to explain what you're going to do with a sabbatical leave. So we can't just go to a beach and lie in the sun for four months. <laughs> so, so we have to show that we're being productive. We're either writing a book or writing articles or working on a big project. And so I submitted the film as my project and a smaller companion book to go with the film. And they approved it. And so I was so delighted. Uh, and um, so we started filming last summer when we had that small window where we could still socially distance inside. You know, I think there was a month or six weeks where we could do that. And my gut was that we were going to have another lockdown or a few lockdowns during the winter. So I was worried about not being able to film anyone in person and do everything over Zoom. Um, and uh, I just wanted the quality of at least having a few interviews in person. So the film is set up to guide us through the life of our Blessed Mother as it is revealed in sacred, script, sacred scripture. So the language is more accessible. I, I try to stay away from very technical theological language. So although there's dogmatic teaching about Mary within the narration, implied in the narration, I planned it so it would be an evangelization tool. So that women watching it who are Catholic, who, you know, maybe they don't find Mary accessible, they can't relate to her, maybe the way she's been presented to them as an impossible ideal, and so they they feel they can't even compare or compete or um, feel unworthy. So my hope is it will evangelize Catholic women who, who do not have an intimate relationship with our mother um, by showing them that Mary relates to us at so many levels. Um, and so we journey with Mary from the book of Genesis right through to the book of Revelation. And my hope as well is to evangelize other Christian women whose traditions do not have any devotion to our Blessed Mother and how they're being denied the richness of our tradition that they have a mother too and they don't even know her. And so my hope is that by focusing so much on scripture and of course being faithful to the teaching of the Magisterium and including dogmatic teaching within the narration that they will find the language accessible that perhaps shed some light on the unique humanity of our Blessed Mother. And so a few women um, were interviewed to connect to a particular mystery of the Rosary and show how they've had certain experiences that relate to Our Lady's experience and how her prayers have helped them in their own life. Um, and so I'm pleased to share, we feature Dorothy in the second half of the film. Uh, so Catholic Moms Group and Dynamic Women of Faith. I do, um, I talk about uh, Dorothy being a Marian successor. And so uh, I, have, I have no idea about this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so a successor is, is someone who is handing on the baton. So Our Lady has handed on the baton to us as women mm -hmm. to be like her in the world. So she is 
the image and likeness of God. She is human perfection. And she wants us to see ourselves in her story. And she wants us to, um, to bring the light of Christ to others and to bring others to Christ. And how our Lord relies on us as women precisely as women to be evangelizers, to be influencers, and to inspire. And so I, I feature Dorothy's beautiful ministries and also uh, Women of the Word. So I thought it was important to, to feature two great Canadian ministries, uh, women ministering to women. Uh, we also feature the Sisters of Life and the great work they're doing with women in crisis and crisis pregnancies, because sometimes there are women who've, who've experienced trauma um, who've experienced a crisis pregnancy and they need to know that Mary is their mother too and they need to know there's hope for their future and so Sister Mary Grace uh, says some really nice things about Our Lady and and her message to women in crisis so um, there you go I, I, I hope people enjoy it I hope it touches men and women um, and there's a there's a story that unfolds so I hope if you watch it it's an hour and 40 minutes I hope you stay with it right to the end because the momentum builds, the emotional intensity builds, especially as we get to the cross and reflecting on Our Lady standing at the foot of the cross. Uh, but uh, it, it all comes together in the end. And uh, so I hope you can see your story in her story after you watch the film. Yeah. Well, I, I wanted to congratulate you uh, publicly and I wanted to thank you and I just also wanted to stress how important um, your work is because like I know I grew up in a very you know pious family and we had a little plastic statue of our blessed mother she was just completely white and plastic I don't know whether we got her at Niagara Falls <laughs> but it, like I would see my mother praying to this plastic statue and I guess I was a bit cynical at some point um you know and I, I I began to think really and I you know I've confessed this so I'm saying this but I used to just begin to think that our blessed mother well when she was for old Portuguese and Polish <laughs> and Italian ladies you know yeah. <laughs> she wasn't for me and I like I remember too my mom once I, I must have been about nine we went to Midland and uh, my mom's like praying and she's making me kneel in front of this big picture. And I, I just wasn't connecting with our Blessed Mother. And then in my sort of early 20s, uh, you know, I, I don't know if any of you went clubbing when you were in your, but I went clubbing and I was just did all the typical things that um, you know, young women do in, in the Toronto culture. And, you know, I was like definitely no saint or anything like that. And, um, you know, I was living in High Park, the apartments and having the dream life. And, you know, I was even skinny. <laughs> and, uh, and I was still going to church and, and everything like that. But I was struggling a little bit with just like, who am I? I was struggling with a little bit of depression. And there was this woman uh, Marianne Zadanik, I'll never forget her, you know, she, she had just perpetual joy. And, you know, we hung out together all the time. And, and I thought to myself, 
she's got something that I don't have. And I, I, like, I asked her like, what's her secret? And, and she said to me, praying the rosary and she was young and she was hipster and she was a computer programmer and, you know, not that it matters, but she was, you know, making a healthy income. And I was like, it completely reframed devotion to our blessed mother for me. And I thought, well, if it works for her, maybe it'll work for me, right? And so then I started looking, you know, for those brochures, how to pray the rosary. And when I started praying the rosary in my early 20s, it completely, like, it was, it was a profound, profound experience. And, and, and so then, like, I, I do think meeting women that you can relate to that speak openly about our Blessed Mother is, is paramount to having a, a great relationship with our Blessed Mother, because you're not having a relationship with a plastic statue from Niagara Falls, right? <laughs> uh, and, and so, you know, and, 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 and so I think your work is, you know, phenomenal and it's so extremely important. I just wanted to touch base with some of the comments here um, just to see if there's something that, um, you know, so we've got a bunch of congratulations to you. So congratulations. Liz Garcia is asking, will it be repeated? I already have two other commitments at seven and eight. Um, someone's asking, where is the movie being aired? So, uh, Christine, I'm thankful, Christine, that you're here and that you're posting information about where it's going to be uh, posted, where it's airing. So, if you go directly to Dr. Lombardi's website, um, josephinelombardi.com, and that's where it's pre premiering. Um, okay. Um, so can you tell us, um, Dr. Lombardi, how did you come up with the title? Because that's a pretty intriguing yeah. title, too. Right. right. Um, so early church fathers, early bishops um, referred to Mary as Our Lady. So think of Jesus as Lord. So where did, where did Lord come from? Well, it comes from the Greek word kyrios. Uh, because the, the Jews, when they translated the Bible from Hebrew into Greek, God's name became Kyrios, Lord. So if God the Father is Lord and Jesus is the Son of God, then he is Lord as well. So Jesus becomes our Lord and his mother becomes our Lady. Uh, so in the early church, um, she was referred to by St. Jerome as Our Lady, Star of the Sea. Mm -hmm. So I, all of us have been raised with an understanding of Mary as Our Lady, and she's known as Our Lady of Fatima, Our Lady of Guadalupe, Our Lady of Lourdes. But in trying to reflect on what does it mean for Mary to be the perfect image and likeness of God in the female? Well, another title early church bishops gave to Mary is New Eve. So she is Our Lady, and she's also New Eve. Now, why, why did they call her the New Eve? They called her the New Eve because 
Because Mary was conceived without the stain of original sin in her own mother's womb, in the womb of St. Anne, um, it's believed that Mary is a reproduction of Eve before Eve fails and sins. Mm -hmm. So that's why she's called the new Eve. So I put together the great spiritual insight of the new Eve with Our Lady mm -hmm. and through spiritual inspiration it came from the holy spirit not from me it came to me that she is the first lady so mary is the first lady of creation now if you look up first lady in a dictionary it tells you there's two senses to that term the first is the wife of a head of state the second sense is a leader in her field so some dancers could be referred to as the first lady of ballet or dance and so I refer to Mary in the film as the First Lady of Creation. So that's where First Lady came from. Mm -hmm. And then her successors, where did that come from? Well, we teach that the bishops are successors of the apostles. Why? Because the apostles laid hands on their successors. The Holy Spirit came upon them, anointing them, and then going on to be ordained as priest, deacon, sorry, deacon, priest, bishop. Now, when you uh, reflect on the events that took place around Pentecost, and I refer to this in the film, uh, some people do not realize that Mary and certain women were in the upper room with the 11 apostles, because remember, sadly, Judas Iscariot takes his life, and then after Pentecost, they elect Matthias to take his place, so we're back up to 12 apostles. But before that happens and before the descent of the Spirit, Mary and certain women are in the upper room with the apostles and the author of the book of Acts, whom we believe is St. Luke, tells us that when the flames of fire descended, they descended on Mary and the women too. So you'll see in the film there are a few images from Pentecost with Mary at the center and some of you have no doubt have seen these images. Mary's at the center. I believe I have one right here. <laughs> so Mary is at the center and the apostles are around her, and they all have flames of fire on her. So um, some early early writers, like St. Maximus the Confessor, tell us that, that Mary had her own followers. Mary had women who, who were mentored by her, and the apostles were mentored by a Blessed Mother. So Mary handed on truths about her son and the Holy Spirit to these women. So that's where successors came from. That, that um, you know, sometimes women are always comparing themselves to men and why can't we be this and why can't we be that? And I believe Mary reveals our own unique role to us. It's not about being like the men. <laughs> it's about being the women God has called us to be. And we have this amazing role model, our Blessed Mother, and she's handing the baton on to us and she, she is telling us, with God's grace, we can be like her. Doesn't matter what our past is, as long as we reconcile with God, that we go to the Father of mercies and the sacrament of reconciliation, that we're humble, that we're open to becoming a new creation, we can become more and more like her. And just like the priest is another Christ, the world needs another Mary. So... If men with all their limitations and sins <laughs> can become another Christ, why can't we be another Mary? 
And so Our Lady, I'm sure, is saying to us, don't limit my presence to a statue, as great as it is, because a statue, an image, an icon, um, reminds us of her power, so we honor that which it represents. We don't idol worship. And sometimes people can, like, accuse us of idol worship. We're not doing that. We honor that which the image represents. But Our Lady wants more than that. Mm -hmm. She wants people to feel her presence. And so if there is another Christ, there must be another Mary. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's sort of exactly what our, our mission is in the Catholic Moms Group is to have Mother's Group leaders that, um, you know, mother the moms in their groups and, and so that they, you know, display as much heroic virtue as humanly possible. Um, you know, I, I have a bit of a question for you and I don't know whether or not now's the time to ask it, but I'll ask it. <laughs> and you might say, Dorothy, now's not the time. Um, but I know that, you know, we all have different personality and, you know, temperaments and, and, and things like that. And I guess for the most part, um, you know, I've always imagined, you know, Blessed Mother, okay, she pondered everything in her heart and she was meek and quiet and gentle and, and all of those remarkable virtues, which I don't have any of them. <laughs> and I said, you know, I'm like, oh my gosh, there's no hope for me. I'm gregarious, I'm outspoken. Um, and so it, it, I have often, you know, struggled with, with that um, because I just can't be, um, quiet, I guess, you know, uh, sometimes. So do you have a, just a, a word of maybe, you know, illumination or consolation or, or anything about moms that are here that, you know, maybe too have been a part of the feminist movement and have maybe acquired some, you know, masculine traits of being driven or, can you kind of just maybe speak to that a little bit? Yeah, I'm so happy that you raised that, Dorothy, because sometimes it has happened throughout the centuries that, you know, people have an idea of what Mary was like. Um, we only have seven instances of Mary in scripture and only a few words that come from her. The longest would be her song of praise in Luke's gospel, the Magnificat. Um, so it's tough because we don't have much to work with. And so over the centuries, some women lament that, that some have used her meekness and gentleness to make us feel bad. You know, that to be like Mary, you've got to be meek and gentle and kind and sweet and patient all the time. <laughs> and so they, they've kind of projected a certain image, um, which kind of makes me sad because although she was conceived without the stain of original sin, although we teach she did not sin, she was human. She was a creature like us. She would have experienced intense emotion, and we know in Luke's gospel when she finds Jesus after three days, like she says, hey, how could you do this to us? You know, we've been looking for you with great anguish. Like she's very honest with her pain and her struggle. Um, so we really don't know. We don't know what she was really like in terms of her personality. What we do know, however, is that she was of one accord with the Spirit. So the angel Gabriel reminds her at the Annunciation, she is full 
of grace. So she's full of this supernatural strength, this power. And at the end of the movie, I talk about how Mary, her activities are similar to the activities of the Holy Spirit. So that means that, you know, with the gifts of wisdom and understanding and fortitude, she would have had those gifts. And then people would have sensed the fruits of the Holy Spirit in her life, like joy and peace and faithfulness and generosity and self-control. They would have sensed all of that. Um, but there is a book to which I refer in the film. So if you're interested, you can all order it on Amazon.ca. And it was written by a church father, St. Maximus the Confessor, and it's called The Life of the Virgin. And it is such a great book because it contains the handing on of an oral tradition about what Mary was like mm -hmm. in the early church. Um, so, you know, just a, a little spoiler alert, you know, she's described as a great teacher, a great communicator, a great influencer. Um, so maybe it's a good thing that we don't know everything about her personality because then some of us would feel excluded, mm -hmm. right? Because we would say, oh, but I'm not really like that. I think it's best, I, I think it's okay that there's a little bit of mystery. There's a little bit of mystery about her. All that matters is that like her, we submit to the power of the Holy Spirit so that God loves us with our unique personality. He wants you to be you. You do you and I'll be me. Like, so he wants Dorothy Polarski to grow in holiness and he is just gonna fine tune all your great qualities, all of that. He's just going to fine tune it and he's going to fine tune it for all of us so that in being filled with the spirit, people are going to sense the fruits of the spirit in our life. So that's what matters. What matters is being open to the power of the spirit and you know that you're in tune or in one accord with the spirit when people sense the fruits of the spirit when they're around you. So it doesn't matter if you're extroverted or introverted. Be the best extrovert you can be. Because we need extroverts. <laughs> be the best introvert you can be because we need introverts. So think of a if you're on a board or on a board of governors or for a foundation, I find, you know, the introverts help us with the detail, keeping us on task, with listening. They help us with processing. And I find the introverts help with decision making, mm -hmm. with being decisive. Mm -hmm. You know, so the extroverts need to listen to the introverts to help slow them down and think about process and details. Sometimes introverts need the extroverts to say, we're doing this. I'm making a decision. Um, I'm ready. I have, you know, God is calling me to give me the courage to make the decisions because sometimes I've heard people compare various saints. So some of you who are listening, you might relate to St. Therese of the Little Flower, a little more introverted, a quiet spirituality, doesn't mean she didn't have power. Look at her. She's praying for us on the other side. She's sending us flowers during novenas, mm -hmm. right? So her style of sanctity is no less powerful mm -hmm. than, let's say, Teresa of Avila, who was much more of an extroverted saint. Yeah, but so then, two Teresas and two temperaments. Teresa's very different. And Teresa of Avila, she admits that while she was going through conversion, she was so extroverted, the Holy Spirit had to discipline her speech. But you see, the Holy Spirit disciplined her speech so that she could edify people with her speech. Mm -hmm. And so we, we need all kinds. So I would say, pray for your companion saint. Who can accompany you on your journey? 
So pray that God would reveal to you that the saints whose temperament most closely resembles your own. Mm -hmm. So I, I feel Teresa of Avila is my sister saint. Mm -hmm. You know, like her, I, you know, was a raging extrovert. The Holy Spirit has tasered me ever since. Mm -hmm. So I've developed a few introverted tendencies now. Um, you know, there's studies on our left and right hemisphere of our brain and how the Holy Spirit helps to create a beautiful symmetry. So mm -hmm. we become more integrated. Mm -hmm. So we don't stop being who we are. We don't become robotic. I remember someone once saying this about seminarians that, you know, and I don't agree with this position that they have to stop being who they are so Christ can shine through. And I thought, how can Christ shine through if they're not authentic? Yeah. So in order to be authentic, we need to be free to love without fear, free to reason without fear. As long as we're in one accord with the spirit, God delights in us. He yeah. delights in all our quirky attributes and, you know, different personalities. And, and that's what makes the world so colorful and beautiful. There's a seat at the table for everyone. Oh, and, and I so maybe it's good that we don't know everything about Our Lady's personality. What what is important is that she was of one accord with the Spirit, and so she's saying to us, "I want you to be my successor, be of one accord with the Holy Spirit." And I know she'd be happy. So um, thank thank you for that. That was a, a beautiful explanation. Um, someone is asking in the in the Q and A. I'm still wondering if we will be able to see this film. If we can't watch it tonight, I know someone else asked, but I yeah. missed if you've answered. So no, I, I have not answered yet. So thank you for uh, bringing that question up again. It will be on my website for eight hours, which will be um, will bring it to I think uh, midnight Pacific Standard Time. So that way, people from the East Coast and the West Coast will be able to watch it. So starting from seven p.m., it will be loaded for eight hours. After that, I need to figure out where I'm going with the film. Um, so because I'm new to making documentaries and films, I need to acquire the services of an entertainment lawyer just to see what I need to do to prepare it in the event someone would like to purchase it, license it, show it on a TV station or a diocese wants to show it or premiere it. Uh, so because I'm so new to it, I need to make sure all my I's are dotted and T's are crossed um, because we we are using images, but I've made sure all the images I'm using are copyright free in the public domain. Um, so we're covered in terms of images. Uh, the, the gentleman, Dave LaRosse, who helped bring the film together, um, he has certain licenses for B-roll or background film um, and music. Uh, so we just want to make sure that I'm doing things the right way. Yeah. Uh, so we're okay to show it tonight. Like I've done all, you know, I've made sure we're covered for tonight. Um, and the images that Dorothy shared with me are already in her public domain. So I saw a number of them in her video already. Mm -hmm. uh, so um, you might recognize yourself tonight <laughs> in the film. Uh, and the other one that I've interviewed have sent images as well and so I have email confirmation that they're sharing them with me uh, but we will show it again if all goes well um, I hope to show it again on the feast of the visitation May 31st mm -hmm. and so then going forward our hope is to uh, show it on Marian feast days yeah same thing for eight hours at a time um, but 
after after tonight and so please pray for protection of the technology and all of that um i need uh, i need the holy spirit to show me what to do with it yeah, <laughs> so if you could pray for me um i need to discern what to do with the film after tonight so yeah, and your your concerns um i can i can relate to them just a little little tiny bit because i yeah. know for example when um, I was preparing for the EWTN interviews. I wanted to send this little short video. And then I contacted, you know, the uh, company that helped us produce it. And they said that the licensing that they got was for internet only. Yeah. And that if you want licensing for television, it's yeah. uh, different. And so then we couldn't send it to EWTN because it was just, it was cost prohibitive to do that. Um, I, I also just wanted to encourage all of you that are joining us here this afternoon to really, you know, number one, go and watch the movie. That's bada boom, bada bing. We're going to do that. <laughs> you've got from seven till midnight. And so you've got lots of hours, right? Even if you watch it from... 10 p.m. till 11.30 or from 11 till midnight or something, right? You, you got to squeeze in some time to watch it. The other thing I'd like to encourage you to do is to send Dr. Lombardi a donation because she's funded, you know, the production of this film. One of our, one of the reasons I'm, I'm, I'm particularly uh, edified by Dr. Lombardi's work is uh, you know the the mission behind Dynamic Women of Faith? We've got a logo there. It says, you know, get inspired, discover your mission, and do something for God. And so I'm really hoping that someone watching today is going to think, oh my gosh, you know, Dr. Lombardi has produced a movie. I've got to do something. Like the Holy Spirit has some work cut out for each and every one of us, you know? And I'm gonna, I shouldn't be confessing on midday moms, but I remember when uh, I was, I was hosting a rosary club and a saints club at um, my kids' elementary school. And I, I, I don't know if you ever compare yourself against women, but I was like comparing myself and I think, well, I'm running a saints club and I'm running a, these women, I wish they would do something, right? But it isn't, and I thought, Dorothy, what the heck, that's pride, right? Like so often we take a look at ourselves, we puff ourselves up, I go to church on Sundays and she doesn't. And my mom used to always say, Dorothy, as soon as pride enters into the picture, you know, you're going to find that person you're criticizing in heaven before you get there because that's a capital sin. And um, a few years ago, our family went to Rome on a family holiday and Monsignor Sosman took us on a tour. And it was there I learned about St. Helen and all of the work St. Helen has done. And I thought, Polarski, start comparing yourself Upward, like in terms of look at what St. Helen did, look at what St. Teresa of Avila did, look what Josie Lombardi is doing. You know, we could be doing more for our church, right? So, you know, I'm going to ask each and every one of you that are here today, 
You know, is the Holy Spirit calling you maybe to paint a painting? Or maybe the Holy Spirit is calling you to start a Catholic mom's group, or maybe the Holy Spirit is calling you to write a book or, um, you know, or, or to invite people to the film tonight. The Holy Spirit wants to use you to become another, I love it, you know, uh, another icon of our Blessed Mother. Um, do you have any questions? Uh, questions, those of you that are watching uh, that you'd like to ask Dr. Lombardi, we're, we're almost um, done with our, our time here. Um, okay, so Judith Mazzone, I watched the promo video for the film twice, the Holy Spirit touched me so deeply. And that was just by watching the trailer. So yes, please. Thank you, Judith. Uh, May's also Mental Health Month. Mm -hmm. um, it is mental health. And, you know, I always say that at the, you know, at the beginning of the day, I, I try and each of us, you know, how can I be blessing someone else? Because during COVID, I think a lot of people are struggling. So uh, yes, you're right. Um, and so Christine says, thank you for sharing this film with your family and friends. I'm going to throw out a challenge to you is today when you get off midday moms set your timer on that you're going to watch it and you know maybe pick up the phone and phone your sister phone your aunt you know make a flesh and blood phone call we don't make flesh and blood phone calls anymore and say i heard about this movie uh, i think it's going to inspire you um, invite them to come to midday moms people are looking to be ministered to um, if you have any questions please put them in the chat um, do you have any kind of final thoughts uh, dr lombardi or any yeah, no, just, I am just so overwhelmed with the support I've received. Thank you, Dorothy. This was just above, above and beyond in terms of generosity with your time and gifts and, um, and, and allowing me to share about my film. I know uh, Christine is on the call today. Christine Morris has been tremendous at the seminary helping to market the film. Um, and uh, Madonna Lee and Dave LaRosse um, and Mariana Osco. So, I, I've just been very overwhelmed by the support. Uh, so thank you so very much. Um, and, you know, when you watch it, these women are real. They're like all of us. And then some of them share some very painful, raw moments. Uh, but that's okay. You know, it's okay because um, others can relate to them, you know, when they share their pains and sorrows of being mothers and wives. And some of them are single. So I hope you see yourself in the film. So it's I hope that all women see themselves in Mary. I know sometimes women think they have to be mothers and sadly some women struggle with infertility um, and some women remain single and, and Mary is their mother too and Mary wants them to see themselves in her too. Uh, so she is for all of us. Oh, someone's asking, is it okay for children? Um, yeah, I think, yeah, I think children can watch it. At one point when I describe what the Sisters of Life do, I do say that they counsel women in crisis pregnancy, and I do say that they do post-abortion counseling. So if you're, you need to pray over that and the age of your child, whether you want them, that, that's really the only part where I would think if a child was watching, um, they may have some questions about that. Like, what is that all about? 
um, especially if they've never heard the word, I don't know. So I would say maybe older teens, girls. Um, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I think, yeah, I, I, yeah, like I haven't seen it, so I don't know, but, um, yeah. but uh, yeah, you know, I think like a lot of young girls are exposed like I'm thinking if yeah. they've seen Madonna and they've seen all these crazy yes. Rihanna's and all these crazy stars, yeah. you know, maybe a good healthy dose of uh, yeah. Marian theology and Marian witness uh, would would yeah. be good. Would be a good thing. Yeah, yeah, that uh, would be the only part where because I I introduced Sister Mary Grace and in introducing her I mentioned the ministry of the Sisters of Life. And that's a big part of their ministry because I thought if a woman's watching and she's gone through something like that, I want them to know there's hope that they could call the Sisters of Life for counseling. There are priests trained um, that will hear their confessions. So I, I, I'm very mindful of that, that some women have stayed away from the church because they don't feel that they can come back. Um, and so I hope that just hearing that there's this beautiful group of religious sisters who are so compassionate and loving that there's hope for everybody. There's yeah. hope for everyone. I um, I also just wanted to publicly again, uh, a shout out to all of our, our mother's group leaders. Our, our mother's group leaders do such remarkable work, especially during the pandemic. Many of them are just pouring their hearts into virtual, you know, moms groups. And I wanted to thank, you know, all of you that are, um, you know, joining us this afternoon, but maybe not posting in the chat. I'd like to thank you so much for your hard work. Um, I haven't been as much in touch with the mother's group leaders because I've been so focused on um, you know, finishing the, the membership website. And then these two interviews on EWTN came up and I was like, I was kind of shocked because I'm like, what? Um, but, but anyway, they came up. So I, I, I jumped on it and said, yes. So thank you to the mother's group leaders that are watching. And uh, thank you, Dr. Lombardi for, um, you know, just your incredible support. You've been in, incredibly supportive of, you know, myself and Mary Falange of Women of the Word and Antoinette Pace from Magnificat yeah. Ministries. And um, you're, you're just a, a real leader for all of us. So, you know, thank you for blazing the trail and affirming us with our, you know, gifts, weaknesses, and, and all of that stuff. Um, and, you know, I'm going to be praying that each and every one of you watches the film tonight and that you're inspired, um, you know, to do something. Maybe help us start more mother's groups. <laughs> Chris, I'm knocking at your door there. <laughs> I guess Chris mentioned that she might start one at Our Lady of Sorrows one day. So um, the last thing I, 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 a lot of women do um, send me emails and I can't always respond to all of them in a timely fashion. But I know many moms have written to me about having wounds with their own mother because, oh, Dorothy, yeah. you're lucky, you know. Mm -hmm. And if you have been, like one woman I know, she, she actually wasn't going to have any children mm -hmm. because the wounds that she had from her own mother, she just didn't think she could become a mother. And so um, I did quite a bit of 
well, not a, but anyway, I, I recommended to her that she do a consecration to our blessed mother. I'm like, well, let go of your own mother and take on our blessed mother as your mother and she can heal everything. Well, this mom is now a mom of three and you know, she thanks me years and years and years after that recommendation. So you know, you may have had even met a lot of Eves in your workplace and you're kind of pulling knives out of your back um, yeah. and been betrayed. And, and, and remember that our blessed mother, like she's your go-to mom. <laughs> so um, gets it. yeah, so any, um, any closing thoughts? I know Christine is signing off. We're going to sign off in, in just a few minutes. Mm -hmm. um, if you have any last questions, any closing thoughts, Dr. Lombardi, I'm, I just can't wait till tonight. So. Oh, thank you. Just on that, that point of uh, women who've been wounded by their own mothers. And, um, you know, when we don't know all the factors that would have gone into their mothering style, maybe they had their own pain or they're handing on patterns that they learned. They had their own struggles. Um, there's a few books I've read by uh, Dr. Alice Miller mm -hmm. on, on the parent-child wound. And, and, and she keeps going back to the fourth commandment and reminding us that it's honor your parents, not so much obey. Mm -hmm. And she says, so sometimes children have been made to feel that they can't express their hurt. Mm -hmm. They feel that they're dishonoring their parents if they express that they've been hurt by their parents. Mm -hmm. So she talks about the unique role of the adult child mm -hmm. and how it's important in our own health, our own immune system and physiology depends on us talking to a trusted person, a confessor, a spiritual director, a Catholic therapist, our blessed mother in prayer about the hurts we've experienced that it does it. It harms our overall health and well-being if we suppress and feel guilty for feeling this way. Mm -hmm. So, if that helps anyone who's listening, if there are some mother wounds, yeah, that and, it's and important that we're honest about what we're feeling, but in the right context with the right person, not gossiping about our parents or mm -hmm. shaming them in the public domain. Mm -hmm. uh, it just means talking to a trusted person um, and being honest about how how those words made us feel. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I know, again, with the, I'm sure you must get, you know, dozens of emails as well is that, you know, you know, sometimes um, families um, that are, you know, e extremely religious can be, you know, kind of harsh Yeah. Um, when you've got that kind of autocratic top down mm -hmm. um, punitive religiosity. Right. Um, yeah. And so it can actually repel people from... Yeah. It, can I, it can do the reverse because we know harsh criticism hearts, harms children and their overall physiology. So, so and, and so, you know, like we can't be, you know, self-righteous, punitive, religious uh, moms thinking we're going to make it to heaven because, uh, you know, we, we need uh, tenderness and love. And that's why, you know, I always say that I never went to confession more than when I became a mom because it was like, oh my gosh, I can't use that corporate driven, you know, self with a three month old. It doesn't work well. <laughs> anyway, um, Dr. Lombardi, I'm so excited about the movie tonight. Um, congratulations on, you know, climbing yet another uh, summit. 
I want to encourage all of you that are, you know, listening and joined us today to watch the movie and pray to the Holy Spirit and, you know, ask the Holy Spirit, what can I do for the Catholic Church? I always say we've done so much for corporations. We've done so much for our families. We've done so much for nonprofits. What can we do for our church? You know, Pope Francis is just made being a catechist uh, an official designation that might be like another talk we might want to have with you um, another uh, another meetup um anyway thank you dr lombardi thank you for having me um i just ask you all to tune in tonight and i want you all to phone or email 10 people and get them to watch it and uh, please make a donation to Dr. Lombardi because, you know, these things, they cost money. <laughs> um, so I'd like to sign off singing. I'm so glad we had this time together just to have a laugh and sing a song. Seems we just get started. And before you know it comes a time we have to say so long. So. Goodbye, um, everybody. We'll uh, see you. Thank you. We'll see you tonight at seven. I'm gonna yes, be okay. okay. Pray, pray the technology works. Yes. yes. So okay. uh, see you tonight. And, okay. Uh, Thanks thank to everybody. You everybody for joining us. Thank you, Dr. Lombardi. Thank you, Dorothy. Thank you for having me today. You're thank the you. best. And uh, and don't forget to tune into EWTN to watch the two interviews I had with at home with Jim and Joy. So are they okay. replaying again? Are they replaying another? time uh yes they are they are okay. replaying again so okay, i gotta catch part one i caught part two today yeah i always say i i, I need a haircut and some dye in my hair but anyway okay we'll talk to you later you look great you look great okay, okay. thank you dorothy bye-bye thank you, Josie. bye bye thank you bye bye